Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Nairi. And we're here to show you the behind the scenes of our fitness journeys. To share the lessons that we've learned along the way. And the things that have helped us grow. To help you thrive in your own journey. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower you. Welcome to our podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to podcast number 13. I'm so excited as per usual. <laughs> How are you today, Hannah? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good. Now, we've got quite a, a very good episode, I would say, lined up today. Um, but we're going to chat about our highlights for the week because, you know, even though last week we had a bit of a chit chat episode, we thought let's just keep it nice and simple today and then we can go into our three key things that have changed the game for us. So we'll go into that a little bit later but let's just start with Hannah's highlight of the week. Oh, it's got to be getting my hair done. Like that's my highlight of the whole Ooh, week. After I love almost six months. <laughs> six months? Gosh, that's crazy. Because we were in lockdown, all the hairdressers were closed. Um, but my hairdresser was actually, she, was, she didn't take as much off the ends as I thought. So it's still really long. And she said oh. that lockdown was good for my hair because it helped it to grow and like I had some like bits of breakage and stuff before so there was like a little bit of unevenness which has come out now so it's much thicker at the end so even though it was a traumatic six months not getting my hair done and <laughs> um, it was for the greater good. <laughs> I love that well I feel for you because I mean I've I've been able to get mine done of course not being in the lockdowns but um yeah you look like a mermaid Hannah the mermaid. <laughs> I love it. I love what's your, your highlight? Um, my highlight. I was trying to think of one exact moment of the week, and I, I feel like I want to say the entire week. Can I do oh, that? <laughs> you can do that. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So I've I've had a very. It's been a very busy week actually, and I feel like. I've got my photo shoot tomorrow and each day I've been like, oh, I've got this, I got that, I got to do this, you know, all of the little things um, in the lead up. And so now I'm feeling really organized and I'm excited now because before I was like stressed because I was like, I have to do that, I have to do that, to go and get some olive oil, have to go and get my tan and all that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I've got everything booked and I've got my tan this afternoon I've got my nails done from yesterday and I'll get my hair and makeup done in the morning and everything. So I'm excited in advance for tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited to see the pictures. And you know, it's been literally like 14, I think it was 14 weeks since I started this prep. And so I'm excited to reverse and go back the other way and, and build some strength before the end of the year. Yeah. Nice. Get some more calories in here. That'll be good. Yeah, I, I start my reverse tomorrow. So I'm like last day of lowered cows because I'm I'm on 1765, I think it is. So I'm excited to jump back up to 2000. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, you're going to love it. I know. And I think I'm also super excited to start deadlifting, like with more food in on me, um, in me rather, because, you know, just having more energy availability, I'm going to be able to lift heavier and it's just it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great feeling. I have to say I enjoy training a lot more in a strength phase. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. So shall we get into today's 
top tips? Yes, I am very, very excited to get into it. Um, so we'll start with tip number one. Uh, one thing that's changed the game, I think for both of us from the conversations that we've been having um, was actually optimizing and prioritizing our recovery um, rest times and like stretching and mobility. So all under one, but we're going to break it down for you now. So Nari, why don't you start? Yes. So in terms of your recovery, like recovery is one of the most important things in order for us to actually, you know, achieve the results that we want. Well, we need to actually be recovering, which it's not just having rest days. There's so many different aspects, aspects to it, but rest days is a huge part of that. So uh, how many rest days would you say you'd have, Hannah? Definitely two a week. Although in prep, as I'm coming into stage, um, I would only have one because I'd be doing cardio on the other. Yeah. See, I would say two rest days is like the bare minimum for most people. And of course, with the comp prep, that's a little bit different. But for most general population lifestyle people, uh, it's important to make sure that you're actually not in the gym 24-7. <laughs> So the other aspect that we wanted to talk about was uh, stretching and mobility. And I think this is a huge thing for me as well, because I think even in the last three to four months, I've really been focusing on my mobility and strengthening my joints and improving the health of my joints as well. And I was sort of talking to Hannah about this just before, and there's actually a situation of me feeling a couple of weeks ago when I was out and I was out at dinner and I was wearing heels and normally I would feel really uh like my uh what was I gonna say my ankles uh, would get really sore and being in that arched position my feet would get really sore uh, when I'm wearing a higher heel and that day I put the same shoes on that I always do and I was like wow you know, a couple months ago, this was painful. This is no longer painful. And that's because I've been prioritizing my ankles and really strengthening the muscles around it. So something so simple that I've been doing as like pre-activation and mobility work in the gym, uh, you know, like three to four times a week over the course of three to four months has actually meant that outside of the gym, I'm being able to benefit from it. And it's, it's actually like mind-blowing that it can actually impact not just your lifting but also outside so that's a little experience that I've really been enjoying and you know I think it's really important when um, you know to make sure that when we're training we're actually making sure that we're uh, you know putting the joints into or not putting the joints into like co compromised position and always making sure that our our body is mobile enough to get into the correct positions. It's not just about pushing weight. You still need to be moving properly and, you know, keeping your joints healthy. Yeah, I love that. So one of the things that I always do when I'm programming for my clients is I'll include, um, so whatever lift they're doing, I'll include, say if they're doing a deadlift, for example, um, I'll include a specific warm up, just a couple of sets at the start, nothing too extreme. Um, to just open up through the hips, activate the muscles that we want to be working uh, before they actually get into the lift so that you're optimizing mm -hmm. one, activating the 
muscles that need to be working so that you're not using the wrong things and two mm. making sure you've got that range of motion and mobility to be able to optimize your lift and prevent injury because if you're all tight through your hips and then you're adding load to it you're just going to cause problems so yeah it's so important so make sure you are working with a coach that is aware of mobility and the, the importance of joint and health as well as just getting aesthetic results yeah it can actually make you lift more weight like in the long term because you're oh, actually yeah. in the correct positions <laughs> so you're efficient when you lift and then you can get stronger from that yeah, so true. So important. Very important. Oh, and I did just want to say as well, while we're on this topic um, about recovery, what you were saying about how it's so important not to just smash your body and just be in the gym 24-7. From, from like your central nervous system, if you're always just smashing your body and not giving yourself enough time, your cortisol is going to be so high because your body's always going to be in that fight or flight response that you're not actually going to be able to get the desired result. For example, if it's weight loss, cortisol does have a massive impact on weight loss. So if you're overtraining, then you are not going to get the results that you might get if you actually took a step back and took that rest and optimized it. A hundred percent. I love that. I was actually getting, when you started talking about stress, I was like, Oh, I think I was going to say that. Oh, we're here. Great, Great minds. <laughs> now the second one that we were going to talk about is tracking macros. <laughs> so as, or tracking your food in general. So that's something that's been a huge thing for me because as soon as I started tracking my food, that's when I saw physical or aesthetic results because what I was doing in the gym was actually complemented by my nutrition. And it was mind blowing to see the amount of calories I was actually consuming when I first started tracking my macros. And I think a lot of people, when they first start, they either are under eating or overeating. So if you're overeating, like for myself and for Hannah, you know, being able to see the amount of calories in certain foods can really make you question whether or not it's worth having that thing. And also to make sure that you actually portion control. And I think that's a huge thing for me, portion control, understanding that, yes, I can have ice cream, I can have chocolate, but I can't have the whole block because that's ridiculous <laughs> and I can't have a whole back packet of chips, but I can have a small portion of it and have that every single day. And then I can still hit all my macros, make sure I'm still getting all my nutrients in 80% whole food, 20% soul food. And then I'm still seeing results at the end of the day. Yeah. I love that. That was a massive eye opener for me. Like I was the type of person that would just eat a full tub of Ben and Jerry's in one sitting before. Like yep. I, had no concept of nutrition because most of the time I ate healthy but my eating healthy was like mm -hmm. sweet potato fries that were cooked in oil and salmon which is yes it's healthy it's got great omega uh, like omegas and great nutrients and stuff but it's also pretty high in fat so yeah. just because something's healthy does not necessarily mean it's low calories which is a whole big thing that we can dive into which I think we should What's some of the things that you were surprised at how calorie dense they actually are? Any kind of clean food, <laughs> um, you know, like uh, the superfoods. Um, so all the nuts yes. and 
like nut butters and everything. Like you just, you don't realize um, everyone always used to say, oh, I just have like a serving of almonds. And I'm just like, I'm looking at a serving of almonds and I'm like, it's like nine pieces. I'm like, that's not going to make anybody full. Like no one's going to be satiated from nine almonds. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick the almonds. <laughs> I'll have something that's actually going to satisfy me. <laughs> so I think, I think, yeah, nuts was a huge thing for me because when I got into my clean eating phase, that was a huge sort of thing that I used to have. Dates as well and bliss balls. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, protein bars. Yep. Protein bars. Yep. I mean, depends on what brand and everything, but the supermarket ones that um, we used to get. Or what about, um, I remember in the beginning, complete cookies. Do you remember those, Lenny and Larry's? Oh my god! Yeah, they're bloody calorie expensive. They're like four hundred and fifty calories or something for the whole thing. But on the packet, when I first started getting them, it was only half that. And how many people fell for that? So the serving size said that it was only half a cookie, but it told you the whole cookies or. Did I just mess that up? <laughs> Essentially, the new, the nutrition label was very confusing. And a lot of people thought that the whole cookie was actually 220 calories or something. And when you think about it, it's like, how naive were we? I know. <laughs> but that's how they marketed it. I know. Because? A lot of health, health foods, when they write on the packs, like low carb, low fat, high protein. But then you look at the nutrition label and you're like, um, there's more fat than there is protein. So it cannot be marketed as high protein and vice versa. Yeah. So it's it's just really understanding the, the nutrition labels and being able to like just being aware of what's actually in the food that you're eating because chances are most people are very unaware of what is actually in any ingredient or any food item. And, you know, when you eat certain things in excess, if they're high in calories, well, you're not going to be able to get to your goal if you're constantly eating high calories. So yeah, it's just being aware of all of those things. Is there any specific foods for you, Hannah, that um, you were shocked about when you first got into nutrition? Um, Yeah, a lot. I think you've hit hit the nail on the head with a few. I saw something the other day, actually, that was like public service announcement. I don't know who needs to hear this, but peanut butter is not a good source of protein. (laughs) I, I, me laughing. I was like yeah I used to think like oh my protein's low for the day I'm just gonna have some peanut butter no I'm just eating fat with like one gram of protein so um, true and lots of carbs too yeah it's crazy um chia seeds were another one and then a big Ooh. thing for me was juices and acai bowls like mm. you can quickly Ooh, up your calories up. with those man think they're healthy but they which they are they're full of micronutrients and stuff but they're very calorie dense yeah you want to hear something funny Uh, (laughs) so the other day um thomas was at work and and they've got a new breakfast bar and it's like there's all these different types of breads and he's tracking his food at the moment so he was being conscious of which type of bread he was picking and he'd realized that the um, white bread was actually interestingly the lowest in calories, not to say that it's got the most nutrition, but, you know, in terms of a calorie standpoint, that's what he was going for at the time. And there was none left. So he couldn't choose that. 
And then he knew that the whole meal was a lot higher. I think he said it was like 180 per slice, not per two, per one, <laughs> which is ridiculous. It's like How bloody big bread. Is the bread? <laughs> I'm not sure. He didn't send me pics, but he was just telling me this. And then the last option was like raisin bread. And when he told me about it all the other day, I was like, oh, maybe you should pick the raisin bread over the whole meal because, like, you know, there's raisins in it. So maybe it might be less fats, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, But have a look at the nutrition label and we'll see. So then he goes back the next day and he's, you know, going to prepare his lunch and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll go for the raisin bread because I think it's only 105 calories per two. So he goes and has it and then afterwards he realizes (laughs) the two were actually stuck together so he actually had what's that two he had four slices and then I think he had a second serve as well so he actually had like eight slices not knowing that each slice was actually 105 calories so it's like 800 plus calories all in one go thinking that they were like stuck together and that they actually weren't a separate piece. So it just really does go to show that like, you really do have to read the labels properly um, and, (laughs) and also pull them apart, (laughs) pull the bread apart. (laughs) Oh my God. I think with that, you know, a lot of people, um, when they start, like when you talk about having to track macros and stuff, I think it's overwhelming for people at first because it seems like a big job to start tracking everything you eat. Um, So if you are someone that is new to tracking macros and all of this just sounds a bit too much, just know that this is a process of, this is a learning process. This is not something that you just overnight start tracking your macros and that's it. You get all this knowledge and understanding. Like I still now, I've been tracking my macros for close to four years and I still have moments where I, I'll I'll fuck up a day and I'll I'll track and then I've miscalculated something or I've misread a label uh, or I've I've forgotten that I've eaten something and I've gone over my calories and I still have those moments now and it's just a, a process of learning all the time so don't go into it with a mindset of perfection and that you need to get this right straight away and this is why Nari and I, we do work so closely with our clients because it is such an overwhelming process. It is something that takes time to learn. So make sure you have that support network as well of someone that you can go to and be like, this today I've tracked like this, but I think I've done it wrong. It's confused me so that we can look at it with fresh eyes and sort of recognize and point you in the right direction of of what you need to be looking at. It's not, I struggled so much and I had a lot of help and support from coaches. So it's not something that you need to learn overnight and do on your own. Yeah, I love that point, Hannah. And it's kind of, it's similar to like just training and everything else in general is that we don't know everything. I think I wrote about this the other day. Um, No one starts at level 100. We always start at the bottom and we have to work our way up. And a lot of the time you'll see people in like their successful state, but you didn't see the before or the behind the scenes. And there's actually so much work that goes on before that process, before they actually get to that result that they've achieved. So yeah, it's, we're always continually learning, we're always improving and we're not striving to be perfect. We're striving to be better than we were yesterday. 
I love that. Yeah, it's an ongoing process. You just articulated that beautifully. <laughs> oh, so did you. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So yes, I think um, tracking macros can be um, very beneficial as a tool. Um, it's not something that I personally would do forever. And I don't think Hannah's the same either. Um, she's shaking her head. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's something that we can use in order to get a, like, a specific result. And it's also a learning tool. So once you learn how to actually track your food, it's also, I think, actually, it's not just about tracking your food and learning how to do it. It's also about uh, changing your behaviors too. So for instance, when I first started, I was in a state of overeating and binge eating and I restricted myself from eating the foods I loved, which was like, you know, chocolate and ice cream and stuff. Those are the things that realistically uh, we should have in small portions, like for our health, we should only have those things in small portions. But when I was first starting, I thought I had to eat everything clean in order to get a result like in order to change the shape of my body. So I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I think I was just getting to the point that the fact that, you know, macros can teach you how to develop portion control and how to change your behaviors so that you realize you need to be filling your body with nutrient and wholesome foods, but you can have a little bit of wiggle room for those fun foods. But it's learning how to do that in moderation so then when you stop tracking macros, you no longer have that previous problem of overeating or undereating. You know how to fuel your body properly and you can actually listen to your hunger cues again because you have it's almost like you've rewired your hunger cues. I love that. And yeah, way, you're so right. Yeah. Um, and I'm the same as you. So that's how I developed like the binge and restrict cycle was that I would go, that's it, I'm eating clean. I just eat salad and whole foods and I don't eat any junk. And then that's unrealistic. Like, like you said, 80% whole foods, 20% soul foods. Yes, you need to fuel your body for your health. You need to be getting micronutrients, but for your mental health, you need to enjoy your food and, and live a little bit as well, you know? So macros isn't just about teaching you how to, um, how to fuel your body, how to achieve an aesthetic result it's also teaches you how to include the food you love without feeling guilty because the fact that you can track it and and fit it within your day is actually so empowering and you can know that you're still going to get that result that you want to achieve while eating the foods that you love that's actually amazing and it's very empowering to feel that way so it takes away a lot of the guilt that you feel around food as well definitely so it's it's about flexibility and also the mindset Mm -hmm. mindset changes come into that as well which is huge like how much when we were in bribery on that girls weekend and I was impressed everyone was surprised by the foods that I was able to eat because I was I was in prep I was on like what 1600 1800 I don't know you tell me (laughs) it was low anyway um for me me. um but yeah I was still able to you know enjoy the food with the girls and stuff like I didn't miss out and that's because of being able to track macros and something that I've got better at over the years so I love that because especially I think in your instance you were very well conditioned so you probably were able to do that but for someone who's uh maybe weren't in the right position can like for their comp they probably wouldn't want to do it but from a, a flexibility standpoint and someone who's not in prep 
which is probably majority of the listeners here, uh, you know, having that flexibility to freaking live, to be able to go and socialize, like how freeing is it to know that you can go out to eat at any restaurant you want and you can still hit your goals? Yeah, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and something that I see a lot is some people will track 100% Monday to Friday when they're at work. And then as soon as there's no structure and routine and there's that, uh, you know, they, they think that they have to be perfect, you know, and it's like, well, hang on a second. The whole point of tracking macros is so that you can enjoy the foods that you love. So on the weekend, you can go out to grilled or you can have some macros if you want to, but just make sure you work it into your day everything in moderation some of my girls choose to have lower calories during the week and higher calories on the weekend which works for them um some mm-hmm. like to have the same calories every day of the week but they just allow for more freedom of like they might have smaller meals during the day on the weekend and and bigger meals if they're going out for dinner and stuff the good thing is especially and I keep going on about it but that's why working with a coach who can set your calories to your lifestyle it doesn't just have to be the same every day you know exactly yeah I love it always got to plug that um hiring a coach because yeah, coach guys <laughs> we could actually talk about this as a as a tip because damn it's it was a game changer for me <laughs> me too oh my god yeah do you we've said it a million times we'll say it again you shorten yeah. your learning curve massively by getting a coach yeah 100% So moving right along, our third and final uh, tip for you guys. I'll let Hannah take this one. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, So this was massive for me, um, which is, it's more of a mindset in general, applies to all areas of life. Your to-do list will never be done. Um, I was one of them people before that I was like, can't stop until I've ticked everything off my list. And like, as you probably know, in life, your list just keeps growing and growing. There's always something else to do and you'll never be done. And just the idea of stop striving to complete something and stop, Mm -hmm. stop striving for this myth of balance, you know, that doesn't really exist. Well, in my life anyway, I've found that Um, one of the things that I used to focus on I had this kind of mentality of like um, this time is for work or this I have to put this many hours into work and this many hours into life and and stuff where now I've actually found quality over quantity so Mm -hmm. as long as I'm super present in my relationship super present when I'm at home and and doing things that add value to my relationship or my personal life then the amount of time in there is not as relevant, you know? Obviously you have to have a certain amount of of time, but if that time is you spent stressing about the things that you haven't done at work, then that's not quality time, you know? That could actually mean that you could spend a little bit more time in work hours to get the things done so that you're able to be more present at home and and give that quality time. Because my husband even said to me the other day, like, I was... Um, I was like training at like two o'clock so that I could get home cook dinner and have it ready on the table for when Shadi gets home from work and then I had a meltdown I was like oh my god I haven't had enough time to do the work and the things and the da, 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 da. and he was and I was like he was like well why are you doing that and I was like because I want to have dinner on the table for you when you come home I was like it's nice for you to come home 
and, and dinner be ready. And he was like, yeah, but it's nice for me to come home to my wife happy. So if that's yeah. not making you happy then, and you need more time in your business, then who cares if you're making dinner when I'm home? I'm still seeing you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm very similar where like, I want everything to be like, yeah, perfect, which I shouldn't be striving for perfection, but you know, you want it, everything to be in its rightful place when your partner gets home, because you know, you feel that they would appreciate it and you're giving them that love. It's like talking about our love, love languages and, and how they receive the love. We feel that they're going to receive that as, you know, a gift of love from us. And that's why we do it, you know? But they don't even see it because they're not here when we're making it or, or preparing it. They don't see the hour or two where we're flapping around trying to get everything done before they get home. <laughs> I think it, but it comes down to, I guess, them not asking you to do it. It's like, it's just done. Like I, for me, that's what it's like. It's like, you know, Thomas has had such a big day at work. I know every day is a big day. So for him to have to come home and cook, like I wouldn't want that for him. So I want to make sure that dinner is like, I will cook dinner. I will clean up so he can relax, you know, cause he's had a crazy day. I need a wife like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. So it's, it's quite um, fascinating. Um, we always strive for this uh, work-life balance. And we were talking about it before the call that it's not really a thing. It doesn't exist. And there's different times in your life where you have different priorities and that's completely okay. You don't have to be, oh, you know, this is 25%, this is 25%, this is 25%. It's like just you know, the, like what Hannah was saying before, quality over quantity, less is sometimes more. I absolutely love that because it is so true on so many levels. We don't have to do a hundred things all the time. It's just, you know, take the most important things, work your way through those. And then if you don't get it done, pop it on to the next day. Like, does it have to be done today? Like if it's a, depending on what it is, but sometimes it can actually go on the next day. And that could be your top priority kind of thing for that day. Do you know what I've learned? One of my friends taught me this the other day and oh my God, what a game changer. So I'm using a traffic light system for my to-dos. Oh, yes. Um, so what the way that it works is red is like your things that, you know, non-negotiable, they must get done today. Mm -hmm. Amber's the stuff that's like, it's pretty urgent, it's pretty important, but um, it might not be time sensitive. And green is the stuff that you needs to be on your radar. It needs doing soon, but it might not necessarily be right now. And you obviously the goal is the start of the day you aim to do your reds, but then you do as much of your amber green as you can. And then the next day, your ambers become red, your greens become amber, and your new stuff becomes green unless it's time sensitive or urgent. Mm, okay. I found it really useful. That does sound really good. I think we've spoken about this before. Maybe I've heard it um, elsewhere, but I think I actually have a, a different, I want to say like I, I would actually, it's probably a hybrid of that. And if something is, you know, when there's those tasks that are weighing over you and you think about it 24 seven and it stresses the fuck out of you. <laughs> those for me are the things that are that red light and you know, I'll have a time frame for that. And that has to be done regardless of what I'm doing. If I get nothing else done in the day, that doesn't matter. As long as I get that one thing done, for instance, tax, 
that was weighing over me (laughs) I was like oh like it's just I'm thinking about 24 7 I just need to go and get it done and then as soon as I got it done I was oh it's done like then I can focus on life and all the other things you know but sometimes there'll be that thing that really makes you feel that stress and then the the other things are kind of just like eh like they don't really bug you that much like they'll get done when they get done but you know if you've got that priority thing then it can be really um yeah I like your um traffic light system actually it's quite good yeah I really like it yeah cool (laughs) yeah but it's nice when you want to anything else you'd like to add no I didn't have anything else that I wanted to add did you no I think that sort of wraps up our our key three key things that have really changed the game for us I'm sure we could add to that but we'll probably be here all day and we could write a novel about it so (laughs) keep it short and sweet Exactly. If you guys liked this episode, make sure that you like and you review our podcast and subscribe, of course, and then tag us in your stories if you um, do listen to this episode. And you can find me at coach underscore Nairi. And I'm at the Hanasad. And we've got our podcast Instagram, of course, in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time.